Hello, my name is Marie. And I'm Brendan. And this is Kobayashi Marie, our podcast for the movie aisle, looking at things Star Trek and specifically for this season, Picard. Hello, Brendan. How are you doing? Hello there. I'm doing okay. Obviously, incredibly disappointed that this series has come to an end. Boo-hoo! Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Some good bits to it, though. Um, There were some very, very good bits. Some of it is the most Picardian thing that's ever happened. Yes. Um, You would know better than me. Well, there's just this thing about Picard and some of the things that happened were just absolutely on brand. And then other things. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What? Where's that gone? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's the same thing, unfortunately. uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, but before so before we say anything else, um, spoilers, of course. um, Probably spoiling the whole of the season. So, I mean, that goes without saying. Um. So we have reached episode 10, Et in Arcadia, Ego, part deux. Okay. And we start in the present. Oh, we do. Which, which, yeah, becoming more of a a thing starting in the present now. It is. But it's a nice shot, the cube in the water. Uh, Narek has skipped along the path (laughs) to the cube and he enters. So he sneaks past Severin and Elnor. Uh, with Elnor wondering slightly inconsiderately if the XBs would be better off dead. Everyone hates them. They have no home. They don't belong anywhere. Uh, Seven uh, reminds him uh, or tells him, I don't I can't remember which, that she is an XB uh, and asks whether she might be better off dead. Is that what he means? Um, obviously, yeah. he doesn't because he would miss her. Oh, bless him. He's a little insensitive, but I just think... He's just a youngster, isn't he? He is just a youngster. Oh, Just a youngster. Yeah. Um, and we leave this beautiful scene of friendship um, to join another, where um, Nerissa <laughs> um, pulls a knife on Narek, um, evidencing that she is still a tash-twisting baddie, but also that she survived the fall from the skies. Who didn't? Who well, didn't? did we even know she was on that cube to start with? Uh, well, no, She the last we saw of her, she managed to um, energise herself out of a predicament, didn't she? Surrounded by XBs. She did. And I just presumed she'd got herself onto one of those warbirds, one of those 218 warbirds. Yeah. But she obviously just energised herself to a hiding place on the cube. Handy. Yeah, and then went down with the cube. But other than a few very unfortunate Romulans, everyone seems to have survived that crash. <laughs> well, I mean, it's big enough. I guess there was a bit of buffering in there somewhere. I suppose. Although it's hard edges. You know, it's not child-friendly. Mm, that's true. Not, you know, you better, <laughs> if you left a drawer open in that bog cube kitchen, I think someone's head would come off the worst. <laughs> certain. Uh, oh, dear. Yes. Okay. So we know she's alive. She um, is alive. Yes. Um, then we cut to Picard befriending a butterfly. Oh, what a beautiful view out of that window as well. Yeah, if you're going to be under house arrest somewhere, that's a, a good view to have. I would say so. Uh, it lets it go, envying both its freedom and its immortality, perhaps. Oh, are you, are you driving it a little theme already in this? Well, quite. quite <laughs> well, that's, that's the way I, before anything thematic emerged... Um, that's the way I kind of felt. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a, a counter to that, obviously, later mm. on. Uh, but that's the way I kind of viewed it, because we, we knew that 
some had invented these butterflies, so they were going to last forever, weren't they? Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, Agnes watches Soji enter Picard's roomstruck prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly, um, almost unbelievably radicalised by a brief time <laughs> with the fellow synths, um, Soji begins to have a go at him for his hubris and controlling nature. That I understand. Yes. Uh, but um, how quickly it happened uh, is something that uh, took me by surprise. Yeah, I think a couple of things happened quite quickly in this episode. Yeah. Um, suppose you have to compress space and time in order to tell a story. I know that. But still. Yeah, but then you still have to give an inkling as to how people got there. And yeah. she just seems to have woken up and thought, oh, hello. I don't like being told what to do by Picard and yeah. or humans. Yeah. Uh, organics. Organics, beg your pardon. Yes, quite right. Um, so she, she says she has no choice but to behave like this. But I like his response, which if you feel you've got no choice, it's a failure of imagination. Um, but so she's a synth. She's not going to have any imagination. Well, she's a she's a high high functioning synth, isn't she? Oh yeah, with all the dream business. Yeah. We, have, we have talked about that. That's true. Yeah. Um, so don't play their game. Don't go along with that. They say, don't prove them right. Make a stand for righteousness. And of course, the continuation of all organics. Me yeah. Include. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't forget me. Yes. Um, but and if she was very, very strident about organics have given since no choice. And yet she seems to have been making lots of choices all the way along. Mm. Yeah. So I don't really know what she's talking about then. Uh, no, but then how how far do any of us make choices? Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a big question. We, we'll we'll not talk about that one just that's now. Right. Maybe she's just <laughs> grow, growing up and growing old. Yeah. Or following the titles, we're back on the cube. Yes. Narek is putting his bag of grenades together to destroy the orchids, or so he tells Rizzo. She questions his approach, but as the family washout, he's got something to prove. Uh, I found her, me. I found her, yeah, me, I did. And and he can put an end to their misery, he says. So Rizzo sends him packing with his flea in his Romulan ear, not to let her or the family down. Um, He's putting that pointy Romulan ear. (laughs) Yes. And I think she does, she does like him, doesn't she? Well, I don't understand what's going on there, because she's like, okay, then fine, you go, you go, just please yourself. Yeah, I've got things to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and she yeah. just gets on doing them. She does. Uh, yeah. So she's left on the cube uh, in order to bring the weapons online. Yes. Uh, and he's off with his bag of tricks, so he says, to destroy the orchids. Destroy the orchids, yes. Okay. And he goes out of the cube into the white light, and Elnor sneakily follows him. It is uh, in another one of his very, very quiet ways. He just... Yeah, but at least we saw him that time. We did see him that time. Yeah. We did. So we know he's gone. <laughs> we know he's gone. Um, now, on the ship, on La Sirena, first time we've seen Rafi and Rios this week, they're contemplating the thing that fixes things. That blue thingy, yes. Yeah. Um, now, this thing seems just a bit too convenient. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not happy with the thing. I'm not happy with the thing. And also, and this, it comes up a bit later, it I'm does. not happy with... With how it's kind of just around. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Yes. Now, I like Rafi and R- Rios' relationship. I like the two yeah. of them together. Uh, yeah. Rafi, uh, 
very, very good. But the thing, I don't like the thing. Uh, so anyway, he visualizes the ship being fixed and the thing makes its own. Ay caramba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least again, Rafi was right. Of course she uh, was. I quite like when they were having their to and fro and she was saying, you don't have a soul. And they had a bit of a laugh about it. And I'm thinking, is that because he's actually a hologram? Mm. Well, but, we did go down that, that rabbit hole last week, didn't we? I know. And I just thought it was going to come back at me, but it didn't. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. yes. But yes, three little words. You yes. were right. You were right. The triumph is short lived, however, interrupted by Narek throwing stones at the ship's windscreen. <laughs> and he says, Rios is like, I know what that noise is, yeah. indicating that it's not the first time people have chucked things at the spaceship. Well, I think out there in space, the chance of getting your windscreen chipped are quite high. <laughs> call out on a planet which has only recently been named and was formerly only a number might be difficult or at the very least expensive. <laughs> <clears throat> so you'll obviously be worried about the damage that could be caused. Yeah. So anyway, they rush off to find Narek chucking stones. <clears throat> Which brings us to Agnes and Inigo Sung chatting. Yes. Uh-huh. Now both modelling the same outfit. I hadn't noticed that, but yeah, she's yeah. Huh. Interesting. Just moving over to the light stroke dark side, however you want to view that. <laughs> uh, everything she needs to sort out mind transference is there and she should get on with it. Uh, and she agrees saying we don't have much time. But time for what? We wonder. Know. And she was doing that muttering under her breath as well, wasn't she? she you was. can do this. You can, yeah. like when she killed Maddox. So is the mind transference? Is Sung thinking that she's going to transfer her mind into this golem, or his mind into? I don't. I didn't quite understand who was supposed to be going into the golem. Mm, I'd assumed it was his. Right. But there was no sense that he needed to go now, even though he's obviously an older character. Um, but given that Picard can live to a particularly ripe old age, um, there was no sense that this needed to be as immediate. I wonder if the point of transferring your mind into the body of an organically grown golem was so that you would survive maybe in principle the annihilation of organic life. Oh, right. Yes. So I was assuming he would, it would be his mind that would go in there so he could live. As a thing. Yeah, effectively, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I hadn't thought of that, but that now that makes complete yeah. sense. And of course, in terms of Agnes, he thanks her or recognises her sacrifice, doesn't he? Yes, um, he did, and you're very much on the Agnes sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, that's what mothers do, isn't it? It is, but she's not the mother. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the beginning of another particularly good episode for Agnes, I think. I've warmed to her as the series has gone on. Oh, well. Yes. She, she, yeah, she had some good, uh, yeah. Good spying things going on, didn't yes, she? Yes, she did. She did. Very good. <laughs> so I think that's that's where we are with them. Yeah. Um, getting ready to do the mind transference. Right. Now, we nip back to the ship. Narek is now on board and he's convincing Rafi and Rios to work with them. Why? 
Why has he changed sides now? Please explain, because I have no idea. I I can't. I I can't unless he really does love Soji and the inevitable outcome of this war is that one or other of them won't be left alive if it happens. Right. Um, but, but yes, um, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure why he now is acting against the interests of the Romulans. And his sister. Yeah. And the Tal Shah. Yes. And the Jacques Vache. Everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think this is one of those, as before, where I just don't understand the change of heart. There wasn't, it's like there's been a big chunk edited out that explains either that he was never in on it, which is why his sister, why he was never able to convince his sister yeah. of his commitment. So he was never in on it anyway. Yeah. But then we never got that. And then and we didn't see the bit where, because I don't think he really does love her. I don't think he understands that because he didn't treat her very well. No. And no. he knew all along that she was the destroyer because the sister made him say it out loud yeah. while, while she had her hand to his throat. So he knows she's the destroyer. So surely he's going to prevent a destruction of Romulan kind. You would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I can't help with this. Um, he, he, just <laughs> I thought he, now, <laughs> he just seems to now side with Starfleet. Yeah. For, for no reason. Or the representation of Starfleet or organics uh, yeah. in the form of human kind, I suppose, as Picard says later, yeah. um, against both the Romulans and the Sith. So I, I don't get it. It's why he now suddenly wants to revert this act of annihilation that's going to come rain down on one side or the other. It's not clear, and, I think you're right. No, and manages to convince Rafi and Rios of his opinion, though. That's the other thing. So, But not Elmo. Um, no, of course not. <laughs> he doesn't like him. <laughs> he doesn't like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like you. <laughs> just say it like it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so, no, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but it seems to be working, doesn't it? They yeah. still can't get in touch with Picard. The synths have jammed all communications to protect the building of the beacon. Um, and at that point, that's when Elnor uses one of his superpowers again to appear from nowhere. <laughs> and pulls his sword on Narek, who informs him slightly cheekily, I think, that he chooses to live. He very much chooses I, to live. I think Elnor asked him. Obviously, he was in speaking in, I'm discussing Romulan. And he did his usual, you know, my name is Elnor, whatever. <laughs> Montana. Choo- yeah, choose yeah. to live, but in Romulan. And so he, so that's why Narek knew what he was saying. Oh, right, I, mean, right. I do, right, do right. choose to, because that's his usual when he gets the sword That's out, right, yeah. Prepared right. to right, choose. I yeah, choose choose to live instead of prepare to die. And I think that's why he, he said, no, no, honestly, I do. I do. That's why I'm here. All right. Good. OK, that's fine. That's fine. Thankfully, Elnor doesn't really trust him yet. Mm-mm. But Rios gets Elnor to stand down and um, Narek lives to discuss another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To tell a big fat old fairy tale. I think so. Well, he tries to get his head round this trust in Narek, doesn't he? Given yeah. that his sister Rizzo murdered their friend Hugh. Yeah. Uh, and Narek then retells the story of the Gamadan, 
the story of the destroyer and the end of time as far as organics are concerned um, and how this kind of story myth legend has parallels direct parallels to their current situation um, and then he's asked if um, they asked Narek if he believes this prophecy but he says it's not a prophecy it's history and history always repeats itself which is what Ramda was saying about the past and future being the same and time unfolding differently and yet, I don't know if they've made as much of that as they could. I think there was something neat there about that legend and time and the way that it's it's been played with um, looking at the admonition and whether yeah. this was prophecy or history or a prediction. And I think there was more to it than that. But um, they've kind of kind of lost that, I think, in the in the series somewhere. But anyway, there's still that kind of um, reference to to time and the the similarity between prophecy, prediction, history and the future um, all being one, really. Yeah. And I guess it's because we see time in a linear fashion. Yeah. Which it, it may not necessarily be that way. No. But other beings might see it differently or... And history does have a habit of repeating itself. So... Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, oh. The... Um, Precise immediacy of the situation is heightened by a brief cut to the Romulan fleet being led by Commodore Commander O waiting in the skies. Yes. But we just hover there and then we return um, and Narek introduces Rafi, Rios and Elna to his little friends <laughs> and explains how they're going to get back into the village and get close enough to the beacon to destroy it uh, by pretending to have captured him. Um, oh, yeah. So they have... Yeah, they did these one of these intercutting things, didn't That's they? Right, yeah. And I liked the way Rios was wielding this apple that reminded me very much of um, Kirk, Chris Pine's Kirk, doing the Colbert Marie. All right, yeah. Thing with the yeah. apple. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but. It definitely reminds because I don't apples are not things that we've seen very much being eaten. So then just to be brandishing one seemed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I didn't pick up on the significance of that, but you're right. There is something there should be something to all of this. um, But whether or not we missed it, I don't know Mm, whether I missed it. But yeah. Um, So, yeah, they had one of their neat intercut sequences again to help move the the story up. Yeah. Um, and we leave that scene with Rios eyeing up a football. Yeah. So, yeah, which which has. Yeah. So we've seen Apple a few properties. of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we come back to Agnes. Uh, now, she had earlier, we're jumping a little bit out of sequence, but Agnes had earlier spoken to Inigo Sung and asked him to un- encrypt a few files. And whilst he's gone, she removed Saga's remaining eye, which she then uses <laughs> to gain access to Picard's roomstroke cell. Yeah, and and that she took that out, and it was when um, like when Echab lost his eye at the beginning of that other episode. Yeah, and she yeah. pulled she pulled the relevant faces, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I could as that was it. coming out. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, to continue her brilliant episode, she gets into Picard thinking she was the worst secret agent ever, but now beginning to believe she has a gift and she's busting him out. 
brilliant. She was good in this bit. She was. She was she really was. Meanwhile, Sung completes the growth of the golem, uh, which is now ready to receive the neural implants. But strange, you didn't notice that Saga's other eye was missing. I know. I, I thought that. Would you, that surely you would have noticed that. It must have left a mess, at least. Yeah. Um, or a, a large gaping hole when he returned to the room. But his mind, obviously, on other things. Oh, true. But Saga's memory spring into life and Sung sees Narek and Sutra joining forces to kill Saga. Yeah, and that reminded me a bit of the, the what's the name in Discovery? Is it Aram? Aram? Do you know the one who was the robot lady on the bridge of Discovery? And there was yes. that episode near the end where she was sort, she was kind of deleting some of her memories to create space. Yeah. And there was pictures yeah. of her last moments with her fiancé and what have you. Yeah. And it was that very same kind of capturing. Yes. Though that was that was very, very sad, though, part of that episode in Discovery. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. Mm. And it was quite sad here when he, because that's the point that Sung realises. That um, something is definitely up. Up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Which has been a recurring theme as well. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he now knows there's a problem. Narek arrives at the beacon as its construction nears completion. Uh, And Sung finds them, and who now is keen himself to join them in halting the annihilation of his species. I think he's kind of got an insight into the fact that maybe something not quite wholesome about what was about to happen. Yeah. And perhaps he should do his bit to stop what is currently planned. Yeah. Um, Picard and Agnes are on La Sirena. So would you not think they'd have crossed paths? Well, there's probably more than one way in and out, but it's obviously easier to get out of a town in lockdown than it is to get into one. (laughs) That's the bit I couldn't quite understand. If you had to go through border checks um, and could only carry a football through, having deposited your weapons and had your bag looked through... Surely someone would have clocked them leaving the town. Well, you would have thought maybe they were distracted by Narek re-arriving. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And of course, she has a gift for this sort of thing now. Of course she does. She's a brilliant spy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Secret planny. Yeah, so she can just get in and out. That's absolutely <laughs> no problem. They have this existential conversation about the meaning of life. And who is or isn't um, a good teacher? Uh, in either way, they've got to. In any case, they've got to slow down the Romulan attack to allow time for Starfleet to get there and save the day, and not only the day, the future of all biological life. Oh, and this is where Picard get. It is a minute he got on the bridge on his own. Well, without Rios, there, he immediately became captain again. That's his stage. Barking orders at her, yeah, and just completely decided. Right now, we need to take over. That's right. Uh, you you do remember, you do know we've only got six minutes and 11 seconds to teach us lessons. <laughs> um, always, you know, bring it down to practicalities. But then she is a scientist rather than an artist. Um, so she's very clear about this. Um, he knows exactly what's going to happen, though. They will learn by example and uh, they will learn by my example. Yes, because I, I know everything. Yeah. And whilst I was very, very glad at that point that Girati said, make it so, um, 
It did just jarred and it seemed like it was shoehorned into that little bit. I know. Was, I think that could have been written a bit better to get to the point where she said, make it so. Just didn't seem to quite follow. Um, with the... and, it, and it's the only make it so, I think, in the whole season. I don't think anybody else says it. Right. No, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Mm. So she did say it, but not quite at the right time. <laughs> I thought it just needed to, a reordering of the two sentences before could have made a whole world of difference. Um, but then who were we to tell the writers of Picard? Well, we had, a, we had a whole load of ideas last week and they completely ignored them for this episode. They did, so, they you know? did actually. I noticed that. Not all. Not all. They went. They pursued our idea of sacrifice. So at least you know that was that was pretty clear in the narrative. I think. So at least they managed to pick up on that. Uh, back at the beacon, Soji is putting the finishing touches to the device. Well, so did did it remind you? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Did uh, it just looked like she was playing Jenga? It was a large, yeah, sort of triangular structure, wasn't it? There's got to be an easier way of programming that thing than just taking things out and putting them back in. She just looked like she was playing some kind of weird version of Jenga. Well, that's what it looked like to you, of course. But Indeed, she yes, Very, very tricky. <laughs> that, that we just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Sutra, then, like all Scooby-Doo baddies, was just <laughs> revealing their <laughs> evil plan. And I'd um, have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling. Well, it wasn't for you meddling, Inigo Sung, <laughs> who turns up, confronts Sutra with what he knows about her killing saga, and he now realises um, that despite their evolution, the synths are no better than humans, than organics. He's, so yeah, he, it turns out you're no better than we are. That's right. So then we, he just switches her off. Yeah. Is I it mean, that simple? Why? <laughs> What? Well, they do have a remote switch. Data had a remote switch. Well, would it not have been easy for the Romulans to try and get hold of the on-off button? <laughs> but to rain down pestilence and war. Would that not have been simpler? Well... You know, if, if Rizzo and Narek's job was to get the remote control, rather than all this, yeah, that could have been much simpler. It would. Absolutely. Which is and which is why I have a question at the end when we get to the end of this. Okay, all oh, right. See yeah. if it if it, you can help me make sense of it. But well, I think you you could be confident in that because I think so far, whenever you've asked me a question over the last ten weeks, I've not been able to answer <laughs> any of them or no, shed but, any light whatsoever. But that's I but I don't have the answer either. It's because and so maybe I'm just checking that it, it's not just me. But, okay. But I think the interesting bit about this for me was that there was a huge question mark for me last week when Sung introduced himself as the mad scientist. Mm -hmm. You remember the organic one who gets thirsty and it was so much overplayed that you're thinking he's he's got to be a synth. And actually, when he says it turns out you're no better than we are, it was... Like saying, oh, so he's not. He actually really is organic. And he really and is. Data's never mentioned brother. Yeah. So <laughs> is, this, is this just a red herring or is it poor writing or what? It just it just seemed a bit bizarre to have put all that in, all that 
there's uncertainty. Or maybe, yeah. well, then I inferred the uncertainty by the by what the character said. Yeah. And actually, well, of course, all he was doing was telling the truth. Yeah, well, yeah, in a very bizarre way, but, huh. Yeah. So at least we've cleared that up, which is which is fair enough, I think. We've job well done. <laughs> from our from our perspective, we've sorted that out. So that uh, that woman, that young woman, Sutra, is now is switched off, and that's it. She is no more. Well, I suppose she could be reactivated, but currently she is um, at least in sleep mode. Right. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so having turned her off, uh, Sung gives a quick nod to Rafi. The rest of the crew arrive to put the plan fully into action. This ends with Rios removing the bomb from his football and directing it towards the beacon, which is almost too easily <laughs> stopped by Soji and cast out into the air, out of harm's way. Yeah, now, I know it, she can do things very easily, but it seemed like a lot of effort to go to for her just to catch it and throw it away. Throw it away, and then that's it, yeah. But, and then they just have then what then a little bit of a scuffle ensues. A bit of a scuffle, yeah. yeah. A scuffle. Um, but yeah, I say not a, not a tremendous amount of uh, tension there. I don't think, despite their effort, the efforts that they've gone to. Uh, this sequence is also intercut um, with Agnes and Jean Luc flying out to delay the Romulan attack. Yes. Um, one impossible thing at a time. <laughs> She says, it's yeah. a very good-natured response, I thought, to Picard's terse riposte to her question about how we're going to manage this. Um, so she's obviously um, balancing uh, the tension on board that ship at the moment and keeping things on an even keel. But she's doing very well, I think, because he was quite bad-tempered on that plane. It was, but then it was a, it's been a very long time since he's piloted any kind of ship. You know? I suppose, yeah, I suppose you're right. You had to concentrate. And it was a bit wobbly. You could see it take off, yeah. and it was. So he was also asking things of her, and she's, you know, she's a doctor, not a yeah. ship's whatever. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. I was... where is the EMH? Where is the ENH when you need him? Yeah. Where are um, all the holograms when you need them? Well, surely there was some kind of airborne emergency. You're absolutely right. They would yeah. have detected levels of anxiety. Um, at least at the same level had been exhibited prior to this. Yeah. And appeared and helped them fly the ship. Yeah. Can they only would... appear if Rios is on board? No, because... No, because he was on the planet's surface, wasn't he? At one time when it was just her. Yeah. Uh, the hologram appeared because she had high levels of anxiety asking yeah. what the emergency was. Yeah. Um, so why they don't appear, I don't know. You're absolutely right. I mean, I could be kind and say they hadn't... They'd focused on getting certain of the things working again on the ship and the holograms were. But get the fix it thing. Yeah, the blue, blue fix it thingy. Surely you'd have got on board that ship. The first thing you'd have said would be, you know, like Scotty does, um, computers, uh, (laughs) holograms, you know. Yeah, real estate holograms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think there is something there which has just been lost. Um, even if a sentence, they could have called for them, they could have said they're not working, uh, and that would have been it. Yeah, holograms are not online at this moment, and that was no. it, that's all they need. That would have done it, wouldn't it? Instead, uh, Agnes just keeps moving that blue thingy around from the console onto the chair beside her and just yeah. you know, casually... She instinctively knows how it, how it all yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it might be a long time since he's flown a ship, but it's been ever since she used one of those. Yeah, that's right. In fact, was she even present when it was handed over? Well, I'm not not even the blue thing, just that whole console desk. Oh, that whole console thing. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Raffi sits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing that for years. Yeah. Yeah. So she's quite instinctive, I think, in some some areas. Convenient. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we try and move the story on, don't we? Marissa is trying to get the cube's weapons back online when Seven appears, telling her to drop her weapons and they fight. But we don't stay with them for long. No, but it's good to see the two ladies having a bit of a fisticuffs. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, Marissa's a bit cruel, ageist, about uh, Seven. <laughs> Yeah, well, she's cruel about everybody, so, you know. Uh, and then we're back in space again. The Romulans arrive en masse. And although they see the activity on the surface is concentrated in one location, Commodore, Commandant O instructs them to sterilise the entire planet. Oh, she's a badass. Isn't she? Yeah. Isn't she? More akin. She'd be great in Discovery, actually, as a baddie, wouldn't she? Well, there is a thing about casting... Um, a woman of colour of, you know, similar age to Michelle Yeoh and yeah. kind of having them standing there in black leather. Yeah. You know, and that, that, I don't, yeah. I don't, don't, not, I'm not sure if it was, if it's getting a bit typecasty in that sense. Right. But to have an Asian woman doing that kind of thing yeah. and i'm trying to think of any other asian women's role has anybody had any more positive uh, depends how you view soji's online mother well that's the other one as well it's, it's another strange one i mean yeah. michelle yo's character is a completely different kettle of fish because there's yeah we understand that but there is a point in discovery where she ends up as uh, the the kind of dark side in black leather and we've got yeah. the same thing here as well yeah. yes i mean it looks good they both look absolutely fantastic standing there in they command do. <laughs> they but do. you know very imposing but still yeah yeah well maybe this is something that they can address in series two mm-hmm. if they feel it's gone too far one direction um so that will be quite interesting to see yeah yeah, yeah. um the orchids take off and off they go, ascending to form the first wave of planetary defence. And they know not to attack the Sirena this time. Wow. Seemingly, hmm. seemingly, um, yes. But then I guess the chances of them doing so, given there are 219 ships out there and only <laughs> a dozen orchids, or yeah. how, how many were there? Eight, they had ten, ten left, yeah. didn't they, after, right. yeah. So it would have been, let's say, unlucky if they'd gone after nine Romulan warbirds and one <laughs> That's true. ex-Federation vessel. So, Chances so, are, yeah. On average, they were probably going to get away with it. <laughs> That's true. So we pop back to the cube, Seven and Rizzo fighting it out. Um, Seven violently dispatches Rizzo yeah. and quickly turns off the weapons. Now, were you shocked when Narissa just was kicked over the edge 
Um, I don't think so. What should I have been shocked? I was no, pleased. I... <laughs> well, <laughs> is that yeah. wrong? No, I think you're supposed to be pleased that mm. the, the, the moustache twirling baddie gets their comeuppance or fall downance or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I was. I did wonder for a certain amount of time whether she'd beamed herself to safety again while she was falling. It didn't sound like it, did it? She was screaming quite a bit, wasn't she? It was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it didn't sound like she was going to put in another appearance, but then you wouldn't put it past her, would you? No. Uh, no, that's true. And we and can come back to this. Yeah, and you didn't hear her ultimate um, drop, did you? You the, know, if it's not, if the, it's the, not the fall that kills you, yeah. It, yeah. it's the sudden stop. We didn't hear that. <laughs> um, no, we didn't. <laughs> yes. Um, but of course, you know, Annika still had work to do, <clears throat> and now she's done it. Uh, <laughs> she did. She certainly yeah. did. She has done it. So, yes. Um, it was quite quick, but they didn't need to dwell on that particular fight. It was going on for a while uh, and job done. I think yeah. weapons offline, body dispatched. Yeah. So we're back on La Sirena. Agnes musing on how they're going to get out of this predicament. Asking <laughs> Picard pick to reveal his secret plan. Uh, Any time would be good. Any time now. <laughs> now would be a good time. Something like a Picard manoeuvre to get out of it. Oh, no, that's already been done. What? <laughs> Has. Yes. So to make the Enterprise look like it was in more than one place at a time, um, rather than quickly fixing on her excellent idea, Picard <laughs> takes a few moments to correct her. Um, I think you'll find <laughs> it's the Stargazer. To mansplain everything yes, to her. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think you'll find it's the Stargazer. And it'd be useless right now against so many vessels. If only we had a thing. If only there was a thing on this ship that could... Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Agnes again. We've got a thing here. And up pops a dozen versions of her head. <laughs> it's really weird. Leering at him. <laughs> uh, very strangely. It's, and it's strange in many ways. Because she wasn't present when that blue thing was handed over. No. So Neither was she on the ship when it fixed the ship. Yep. Yeah. So she has absolutely no idea what it is. No. no. But she but it wasn't that it magically made loads of her head when she held it. She she knew that that She blue... knew she had to imagine it. Yeah. Because that's how it works. Yeah. But, but when has she been told that? Exactly. It's very convenient. Again. Again, very convenient. Very convenient. Now, I'm, I'm just going to lower the tone a little bit here. Yeah. But am I the only one when she said, oh, there is a Picard manoeuvre? Yeah. Am I the only one whose first thought was when he stands up and pulls his jacket down? Because that's a Picard manoeuvre. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not just me. You know, when he stands up out of the chair, tugs the yeah. jacket down and says, make it so. That's yes. the Picard manoeuvre. And in fact, they've made fun of it in the series in Next Generation on pre in other episodes. 
Right. So when she was saying, oh, no, it is a thing, isn't it? And I'm thinking, yeah, it is. He's going to stand up and tug his jacket down. Yeah. And then she went, no, no, it's this plan to yeah. make I multiple think... copies of the shit. I think it's... Hmm. What did you want to say? No, no, not that one. We need something bigger. <laughs> yeah, something right. like that. Right. Oh, it might just be me who, whose first thought was the wrong Picard manoeuvre. <laughs> So, anyway. fortunately, she has the history <laughs> of Picard at her fingertips and a full understanding of a gizmo she's never seen before <laughs> that can spray pictures of La Serena around the galaxy, including an imprint of a warp drive. Yeah. So, Amazing. Didn't she, did she do well? <laughs> uh, you don't need holograms when, you, when you've got that blue thing. Why would you? Why would you? Picard opens the comms channel to Soji, asking her to power down the beacon. He wants to show her how people behave in this situation. He wants to exchange his life for everybody else's. Mm. She's not taking it. She's not listening. <laughs> um, the orchids are reduced to pollen. The Romulan planetary <laughs> sterilization pattern number five is locked on. Um, I don't know if there are more than five. There are other four ways to destroy plants. Anyway, this pattern number five <laughs> is locked on. Um, Jurati sprayed multiple images of their ship around the atmosphere and battle ensues. Uh, La Serena is knocked off kilter. Soji launches the beacon, the signal. It's all been for nothing. And just before Commodore O can recommence sterilization pattern five, a Starfleet fleet, a Starfleet fleet appears. Will Riker. Now we have to do a little bit of singing, singing tune to accompany that. Let's have a bet to say that against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then, it was a bit kind of yay. Oh, of course, how convenient because yeah. he did tell us that he'd been on standby. Um, and it'd have to be something very important. That yeah. Draw drew him out of retirement and the opportunity to kick a treacherous Telshiar butt is just the opportunity he was waiting for. <laughs> Do you think that was a little bit Clint Eastwood? <laughs> it was definitely a little bit go-ahead punk make my because day about the delivery. <laughs> yes, you could have just borrowed one of Rios's cheroots to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So yes. there's a bit of a standoff now. Um, Picard's end begins to encroach on the narrative and in his pain he asks for medication and an open channel to Soji and they do this nice dual screen effect again um, to capture Picard and Soji's conversation come on he says show them show the Talshiar that you're not the enemy you're not the destroyer power down that beacon uh, and to counter her scepticism he, he's saying that if if Starfleet wanted to destroy the synths, they would have joined forces with the Romulans and have their phasers trained on them now. But they haven't. He trusts her. He knows her. He believes in her to make the right choices. Yeah. So he's giving her a choice now, if she never had one before. He is. And actually, that little bit, say when he's saying we would have joined the Romulans, that actually made sense. It's about one of the only things that's made sense to me. Yeah. They could have done. So I can see that actually working. That's right, yeah. So he saved her life, so she in turn could save theirs. And just in time, too, because there's some strange, ribbony, angry-looking thing, like one of those bendy snakes coming out through that hole opened up in the sky by the space signal. 
So she destroys the beacon. And as quickly as she was radicalised, she's de-radicalised by the words of Jean-Luc Picard. (laughs) Just when she thought she was in, they dragged her back out. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) So she did. He did manage to convince her. He did. And and she stops playing Jenga and... uh, and that's it. Mm, and then the Romulans yeah. say, phew, well, that's all right. We don't need to bother anymore. So <laughs> they disappear. Picard seems surprisingly happy that he's not going to get a chance to kick a treacherous Talshiar's butt. Um, and he says goodbye to Picard, even though we know that he might never see him again. Yeah. Adieu, Picard Adieu. says, once Will has gone. And then he collapses. Um, end oh. of planetary destruction. Yes. Or it in fact, just, bio-destruction, whichever well, way it had gone. Whichever way it had gone. So it was very easy, wasn't it, in the end? It was, yes, it was. Remarkably so. Yes, yeah, very, very easy. I thought after nine weeks of building up to this, just a quick <laughs> com- quick conversation. Uh, and it's all sorted. You know, I trust you to make the right decision. Off you go. Um, whilst he is now on his way out, Picard has flashbacks to his time in France. Where is the EMH? Yeah, well, again, yeah, you're right. Surely yeah. this is a medical emergency. Yep. So as you transport them down to the planet's surface, and an emotional farewell takes place with all of his crew and these few friends he has now around him. Mm-hmm. Um, beautifully, he tells Rafi she was right. About what, she says. And as he dies, without telling her, we presume he just means everything. Yeah. You just She's write everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is. She's always right. She's... Yeah. Don't even ask. <laughs> Those are, I suppose, it's as he's already told her he loves it. So the other three words that mean so much are, you were right. You were right, yeah. Yes. So he says well, it again. Everyone wants to hear that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and he slips off, slips away. <sighs> That's very sad. It was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. It was. Evening falls. And everyone goes to the top of a mountain. Different mountains. You would, wouldn't you? You would. (laughs) It's human instinct at a time of anxiety and fear to run up. Up a mountain. (laughs) Yes, to run up. Seven and Rios drink whatever that planet says passes for alcohol. (laughs) It didn't look very good, did it? And swap (laughs) stories about who's the biggest loser. uh, As they both said they'd never put themselves in this sort of position again. Seven's that she wouldn't kill someone just because they deserved it. Rios that he wouldn't get close to another self-righteous, hard-assed old captain only to watch him die. Yeah. yeah. Seven wins the battle because she reckons he couldn't have done anything differently, whereas she could. It was her choice to kill someone uh, just to watch them die. Yeah, because it was right that they should still be alive. That's right. Uh, Yeah, it's very Johnny Cash, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just know that Seven listens to Johnny Cash when she's she on. absolutely does listen to Johnny <laughs> a butterfly carries us from Rios and Seven to Rafi and Elnor he cries oh, up oh, and they console was... each other oh it was just so sad yeah yeah and the butterfly then carries us to Picard but this time in conversation with Data inside, yes inside a massively complex quantum simulation it is and, and this is this whole section is really really interesting. I think 
mm. in many ways. But yes. Not, not just another damn dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he asks Data if he's dead. Obviously, Data says uh, yes. Um, and they discuss the nature of death and the memory of death, what it is you can remember. Uh, Data asks if he regrets sacrificing um, his life for Picard, sac- regrets sacrificing his life for Soji and her people. And if not, why should Data regret his similar actions on behalf of Picard? So they kind of retread this ground that they weren't able to cover. Uh, at the time that Data um, sacrificed himself uh, yeah. for Card. Uh, one regret he had, however, was that he never told Data that he loved him. If yeah. it helps, Data says, this knowledge forms a small but statistically significant part of my memory. Aww. Which is perfect and does indeed bring Jean-Luc some comfort and happiness. And it, it, there was something really, I, th- I don't know if it's heightened by what's happening around everybody at the minute with you know lots of people trying to avoid getting ill and other people being very ill but having a chance to say all the things you wish you could say to people yeah that are either no longer here or that you're isolated from and you can't go and see like you normally would yeah was actually really quite touching to have they were having that conversation two meters apart, which sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> yeah. they were, yeah. you know, the chairs were either side of the fireplace. Yeah. And they indeed, they didn't, they didn't touch either, even when they left, even when Jean-Luc left the room. No, at that at that point for that scene, they didn't. And it was, I just, yeah, I thought it was yeah. very quite deep, actually, the, the what how they were speaking to each other and what they were saying, especially as one of them is is a machine in that sense and but has been striving or had striven all throughout his existence to become more human yeah absolutely not unlike Spock yeah although he was part human wasn't he 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 suppressed the human side of himself he did but of all the souls that he knew yeah this was the most (laughs) human Um, and then we get to the crux of the series, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Data's request that when Picard leaves uh, the simulation, would he terminate Data's consciousness, i.e. let him die? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we, we get a, a sense of what's coming uh, in terms of Picard, because the Data did say that they downloaded all of Picard's memories uh, before he slipped away. Yeah. So I think we do get a sense of what's coming. And, of course, how could he... Um, terminate Data's consciousness if he wasn't in a position to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but Data's words, I think, then are very poignant. So the rationale being that without death, life has no meaning, and to live forever is to live without purpose or direction. Peace, love, and friendship, these things he might see as kind of human or bio or organic qualities, uh, mean nothing if they are infinite. Um, I- and this is kind of also what Rios has been reading about with all his existential books. Mm. Yes. Um, but it's about the his is about the the fear of living, knowing that you're going to die. And Data is saying it's the it's, fear it of living. No, you're not going to die. Yeah, yeah, and that life is all the more precious and not to be feared because. Mortality gives meaning to it. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think therein um, 
is the whole point of the, the series, isn't it? And it takes an android to make that point. Yes. And I think that's where it's one of the Picardiest things <laughs> that's ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that was good. A good interchange, I thought, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, arguably sledgehammer, but still nice all the same. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then in a faltering voice, Picard says goodbye to Data and walks into the light. Um, a device which we've seen in this series quite often, I think. Yes, that's true, actually. I hadn't thought of that, but you're yeah. right. So there's a lot of that uh, throughout. Uh, the next thing, of course, we see is Picard waking to Soji's face alongside Sung and Jurati, um, asking if he's real rather than if he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's exactly what Soji asked, wasn't it? Yeah. Am I yeah. real? Yeah. Yeah. Am I a person? Yeah. And, of course, there's a question mark over that. Yeah. Uh, so they say, of course you are. Um and they tell him then around the table about his new form, his new body. Everything works. The brain abnormality's gone. Though they've still given him the body of a 94-year-old with the same life expectancy as previously. Um, I'm with Picard. You think he'd have got, if he's in good health, you think he'd have gone for another 10 years, maybe? 20? He might. Who's to say that, that you know, 125 years isn't the normal life expectancy? In That's right, but if he was going to get 125, he wants 135, doesn't he? <laughs> That's but this he, is this is the this is the issue with it for me, is that when he gets to that point, because he's not human anymore, surely they can extend it. So it's all right saying now, oh great, I've got another twenty years. But when you get to the end of those twenty years and and he has to go, yeah. Well, I think they would. I think what they would have to do is transfer his mind again, wouldn't they? They've given the golem the life expectancy that he had. Yeah. So that body will die. So essentially, he can be immortal then. He could be, yeah. But then I suppose anyone could be if they've now got the possibility of downloading memories and transferring them. That's true. And yet they've just had an android give this beautiful, touching speech about how mortality gives meaning to human life. And then they go and reincarnate card and yeah. but i suppose assuming you were just going to die of old age it gives people the choice of where when they live and die right ah, yes that's true so it doesn't prevent you from dying um but i suppose what would stop you i suppose at, at one point would you have lived so many lives you just couldn't bother doing it again what like wolverine or something yeah yeah, kind of. He comes to be kind of space vampire. Yeah. <laughs> and and here's another question. Mm. So if they've got rid of the brain abnormality, yeah. Does he have his his artificial heart is presumably gone? I think so. Yeah. Is he still connected to the Borg? Um, in and memory only. In the, yeah, and he wasn't ever as strongly connected as others, but there was always this kind of, I don't know, I felt some kind of lasting, lingering, I don't know. Yeah. Has that gone completely? Uh, I suppose physically, yes. Um, 
but in terms of his memory, his his yeah his experience that they've transferred, um, that is still you know, that's within, still lives yeah. within him, doesn't yeah. it? I would think. That's true. Um, and then although he's just told um, his brother that he doesn't <laughs> care much for Inigo Sung, uh, <laughs> he does recognise the sacrifice that Sung has made on Picard's behalf. Yeah. His gain is my loss, or the other way around. Uh, and then they all move um, to let Data go to the strains of Blue Sky. Yeah. Sung by. Uh, well, I did have a quick look. This is um, by our leading lady, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's uh, Brianna. It's singing yes. it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did see that in uh, somewhere. I can't remember where I saw that, but yes. Which was re- what, really nicely done. Yeah, very lovely, yeah. Yeah, uh, And beneath a whole raft of IKEA light fitting. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We have that very one, the one that looks a bit like a white Death Star. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very, very there nice. Uh, yeah, IKEA have done well out of this, haven't they? They have, I think, yeah. <laughs> so they remove Data's memories and his life ebbs away. Uh, and inside the simulation, Picard appears at Data's side. Um, just been with him, so there's a proximity this time. Holds his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Data rapidly ages and slips away, and they both fade to nothing along with the simulation. Oh, that's really lovely. It was actually. It was really nicely done. I thought. Yeah. I was just a bit confused as to where everybody else was in all of this because we don't get to see that you're alive reunion, um, and they're not. Yeah. Having this discussion. Um, no, and you'd think Raffi would have been, you know, on the spectrum of pleased to see him. She'd have been at the higher end, I would have thought. And I'll know. <laughs> yes, oh yeah. I could well, I mean, yes. knock him over and be that pleased to see him. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> Maybe it was just too much. I think it would have been too emotional to see Elnor reunited with him. I think with so. Him. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Gosh, yes. Yeah, but we do meet up with these characters again before the end of the yeah, series. We do. So we're back on the ship. Rios and Agnes kiss. Mm-hmm. Seven and Raffi hold hands, mm-hmm. staring longingly at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picard enters alone uh, and calls his crew together, at which point Soji and Elnor join them. Um, so he asks Soji why she wants to leave having travelled so far to get home um, and she kind of echoes I guess the thoughts in Picard's own mind, she's more cut out for wandering yeah. uh, and now that the ban on synth has been lifted she can continue to do so um, and those two issues I think are key in Picard's makeup as well yeah. uh, and his ability so he's back on the road <laughs> uh, and to the strains of the original series, yes. Picard then invites Rios and the crew to engage. And so it begins. It does. Yeah. Where are we going to go next? Wow. I don't know. But I thought, looking around there, I at that point, you look at that bridge, and I liked that crew now. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we won't drop Seven off quite quickly and she'll go off and do other things. But to start out, I quite I would quite like to get to know them now. Yes. I know we found out about them, but to see how they gel now as a as a little crew. 
I quite like that. Oh, I agree because we've got lots and lots of things. I mean, when you think about it, we talked last week about all the Rios holograms and why they all look like that. There's something in there. Yeah. We could find that out next season. Rafi's yes. family. We've we've seen her son for one scene. Yeah. But obviously something is definitely up up there. So we can this that we can find out all about that. Yes. We we don't know masses about Agnes. No, we don't. We don't. So we've got that. So and then of course Soji's discovering herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got so there are lots of things that they can get out and have adventures. Um, and but we don't even know who who they are. You know they no. are not Starfleet. Um, yet, or are they? <laughs> well, is no because I guess now they could invite Picard back in. Yeah. And Rios and was yeah, and and Rios was also Starfleet. Uh, and and the circumstances around his leaving are now explained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so they could end up back in a uniform, but I actually quite kind of hope they don't. Yeah, I think we've got chance to explore the wardrobe here, which yeah. is <laughs> quite a nice bit yeah. of this series. In some ways, it hadn't moved on a lot, and yet in the detail, there were some quite yeah. nice aspects. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who or what they are yet, and you're right. There's plenty to explore, both of their in their backstory, uh, and quite where where they're going to go and why. Yeah. It would be interesting now. I think the why is quite important. You know, why now are they doing this? What what is it? What is their mission? Yeah. And I can't say I know what that is yet. No, I no and I don't think we've had well I've not seen anything at all about what it might be coming no. up. We just know that we've got another season and that's it. Um so maybe that's what they're working out at the moment and then we'll see. But um yeah, it's um, it's looking good. I think so. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I am left a bit puzzled about, though. Mm-hmm. Well, let me help you with those. Okay, then. So yeah. they've just gone off and left the ball cube on the beach. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> is that not a little bit careless? Um, I suppose it could be. Um, but who, who's down there? So it's now under the protection of Starfleet. So Starfleet now have it and access to that technology rather than the Romulans, which is quite fortunate. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it's a testament, testimony, um, to what could have happened. A little like the Statue of Liberty rising out of the beach at the end of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so there is this, um, this uh, monument um to it could be, t- become a, yeah it could become a destination holiday couldn't it like a hotel yeah 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 so they have left it there but i'm sure that'll be dismantled quite quickly for its tech technological capital that it would afford to starfleet which is what the romulans were doing it in the first were doing with it in the first place and any xbs that were still on there are also still there I well, you have to guess so, but if they would now fall under the protection of Starfleet, 
Maybe oh, that's would, true. Yes, yes. Um, are they going to gain citizenship, or is Picard going to become their voice, as he said, advocate um, for them to be recognised in their own right? They could, but but you're right though, because that's what Hugh was talking about, wasn't it? That because he was Federation, he could go wherever he wanted, and they yeah. weren't because they were in Romulus. But now they uh, will be under the protection of Starfleet, so that can only be a good thing. Yes, you would have thought so. Yeah. Thought so, so, which brings me to Narek. Yeah. Last time we saw him mm-hmm. <laughs> was just after the football incident. Yes. And he had a little bit of a fight, and then he was carted off by the buff bald twins. Yes. And that's not a euphemism, is it? No, they, no. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's actually the description yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, and he was taken off by them. And that was the last time we saw him. Yes. So is he now a prisoner of Capelius? Or is what? What? So that's one thing. He is just what was his point? What was his purpose? Yes. And more importantly, what was Nerissa's purpose? Because I can't see what really the two of them brought to anything, and particularly Narissa. Well, Narissa was, for me, was easy, wasn't she? She was one of the strongest of the Tal Shiar, um, making good on the Zad Vash's role to rid the galaxy of these troublesome synths. <laughs> right. So... That, to me, I thought was quite straightforward. What There seemed to be no reason for Nerissa and Narek to be related. Yeah. Um, at all. Or to be have that horrible, incestuous kind of vibe about it. Exactly, exactly. And yes, he is either on the planet, but then I'm not quite sure, given that um, Captain acting Captain Will Riker left fairly promptly, they didn't take any prisoners with them. Do you think they would have quite liked to have a, an ex-Tal Shiar um, prisoner uh, to work with back at Starfleet or within the Federation? Well, so, maybe they will then. Oh, but you're right now. Then maybe they will. So maybe he's not a prisoner, but he is still on the planet helping Starfleet with their inquiries. Right. I mean, I certainly, my, I thought he was just on the planet and presumably prisoner in a sense. Um but he's a prisoner of that planet. There's no way to get off it. They've got no ships. Yeah. Um, so he can't leave. But we didn't get... we. So we saw where everyone else ended. Everyone else ended up on the Serena, but he didn't. It was just he like, they yeah. just forget about him. We'll just, yeah. We'll just, so, he didn't even wave goodbye. No, I suppose maybe it was a bit too hard. Was he just going to be... He is, he's either marooned down there on the planet um, or he was taken away by the by Starfleet. Mm. So yeah, so it wasn't tied up, and again, only needed a scene, didn't it? A few yeah. shots to, to to let us see him yeah. sitting back in his menagerie type cell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but then he was, cell. but then he was in the end on the side of the synths trying to stop the Romulans. Yeah. So they don't need to take him prisoner because he's on their side. But he's probably done bad things before. Is it? Well, yeah, he has. 
And of course, we still don't know that Girati isn't going to face justice um, oh, for what yes. was actually murder. Yes, it was. But she was under the influence of some dishwasher tablet or something that yes. Oh, yeah. gave her, so she could plead temporary insanity. Oh, that hallucinogenic uh, sushi that she had. Yeah, that's right. Which made her sick once yeah. she'd been, had momentary insight into the admonition. Yeah, whereas nobody else, everybody else got complete, like Ramda disappeared as well. We don't didn't find out what happened to her, but so everybody just peeled the faces off, and she just was a little yeah. bit sick in her mouth. I mean, um, Ramda is on the cube as well on the planet. Well, that's the other the thing. Yeah. That she was quite poorly, so maybe she didn't. She was. But I tell you what, she won't be as easily convinced that Soji isn't the destroyer. No, that's true. Because she didn't see Sutra, who looks just like her. No, absolutely not. So there may still be dark times ahead. And maybe there's something yet about, I don't know. See, Narek isn't going to go back to that, is he? But that would make Ramda Narek's auntie as well. Yeah. And we still don't know about his long lost brother that he mentioned. No. Or was that just a ruse to gain her trust in the first instance? Um, I think that's the way you'd have to read it now, wouldn't you? Um, he knew that there was another Soji, she had a sister, and that was just a way to spark off conversation or to keep the conversation going. So I guess that's the way you'd have to read it now. Mm. But it just leave them um, a storyline to pursue. It does. And so the other one... You killed my brother... You killed my sister and marooned my brother on a planet's surface. Prepare to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, one more question then before we tie up. Okay. Do we know now know then what Soji's mission was? No. <laughs> so, so, in that sense, I've I've answered that question, haven't I? Well, yeah, so... Her mission I... presumably was to come home. To, and... Yeah, but why was she gone? So, Maddox sent her to the cube. Yeah. Why? Hmm. I because know. I think there's a big chunk of this around her and Narek that I don't understand, and Narissa, I don't... Did she have to go to the cube to learn how to play Jenga so she could make the beacon? But and I he don't know. She, and he he had to trigger her so she'd remember where the homeworld was so that the Romulans could go and destroy them. So then he changed his mind, but she that it's just like a slice of that pie that yeah, I just, and, I and she understand. was. For obviously she had been angling to meet with Ramda for some time as well as the yeah. archivist of Romulan history um, because Hugh finally got the chance to let her into me. That's so right. you know what was it was Ramda so important? She, she she wasn't. You wouldn't have had to have put the two of them together, would would you? In order to spark off a Romulan revolt against the synths no only that it was ramda that recognized soji that was the first thing that made her Mm. you said she moved really quickly across the room that's right yeah first instance we'd had that yeah something weird had gone on 
But you're right, you're right. I still don't know why she was sent to the cube and why the other sister... The other sister was just about to go to um, join Jurati, wasn't she? Yeah. In oh, Where Okinawa. was that? Okinawa, yeah. So she'd just yeah. been accepted to go there, hadn't she? Yeah. So... You're right. I don't. I don't know why those, why the cube then seemed so important. There've been other places you could have sent Soji, to alert the Romulans to the fact that Synth still existed. Yeah. So I think that's the most confusing bit, and that's where yeah. and we had a lot of. I had a lot of conspiracy theories around those things that never came out because the ends never got tied up and I don't need everything to be tied up but there's some plot holes in there I think I do think so maybe they should have had 11 episodes and it explained everything yeah maybe. Then, short anyway isn't it it yeah. is but it was it was a an, an arc length wasn't yeah. it? it was I think but all the, the other things though about the and the, those are the characters I think that made big jumps in their actions and thoughts that were not that you couldn't understand whereas yeah. the the rest of them so we kind of learned about Elnor and we learned about bits about Seven and Picard and why they do yeah. things like they do and Agnes yeah and Agnes and that yeah. works that, that all works yeah even though we still don't know everything about them it did all make sense by the time we got to the end but that little slice there was I think I've missed something I think maybe that's yeah. Maybe we do need to go back and watch the the earlier episodes again. Again to see see what that's, Laris has to say about something um, that Soji said, and we commented on it. I'm, only, I'm just thinking out loud now. When she was talking to Hugh about, will I ever be able to remember? Um, when did we go? Was it was it the first? episode or the second episode when we went onto the cube for the I first think it was second or third and she was the first one the first one was daj right. and i got annoyed at the end of that one because they'd killed off the woman that they'd been portraying yeah and then she of course she has a, an identical sister so it was not the first episode it was two or three Right. And I'm just three when Hugh arrives, I think. So I'll try and talk while you're looking things up on Do yes, there was a there was a sentence and I want to get it right, but there's something she said Yeah. About trying to make sense of a shared history. this is why she met with Ramble. Oh right, yes. Because she wants... And she said, that's what I'm trying to do as well. And it was something about making sense of a shared history. And this is what I'm trying to remember. But I wonder if I'll ever find it when we're, oh. when we're trying so to... So you mean shared as in shared with her sister? Well, or, or for the since. Oh, shared. Oh, right. Ah. Gosh. Yes. Uh, right. 
Soji is interested in Ramda as she says there is ample evidence of the therapeutic utility of a shared mythical framework. Oh, that's right, yeah. So there's something about the way that Ramda kept alive, had this living archive of Romulan history and the way she talked about the past and the present being the same or simultaneous or time moving in different ways. Yeah. And she wanted to talk to Ramda because of this therapeutic utility of a shared mythical framework. So there's something in that about the Romulans and the way they view themselves, their sense of identity and being. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't know why, unless Ramda is, if she she was the foremost authority on this, yeah. we're led to believe. So I yeah. wonder if something about sending Soji to meet with her because of this perceived evidence of that utility of that shared mythical framework. Now, if we invent in since that any of their kind of history in that sense is going to be mythical or invented or implanted. And was there something that they could gain in terms of identity and being from understanding the way that the Romulans viewed history and identity? Ah, because they don't have, as they're created beings, they wouldn't necessarily have Either. identity or history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in, in some ways, you know, in some ways, there's something similar there about the XBs now as a new species almost, although they do have their own individual histories. But as XBs, that I think they are dislocated from their origins, aren't they? Yeah. And they've got a new hybridity between themselves and the Borg, which is difficult to shake off. Yeah. So there's a whole theme of kind of identity and belonging and history and memory. Yeah. Um, and certainly Ramda was key to the Romulans. Uh, she was she held that knowledge, didn't she? She was she was the author of the the preeminent books uh, on yeah. the subject. Um, and so maybe that that explains why they wanted to talk to Ramda and the Romulans. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But that's what she says. That's why she wanted to talk to Ramda. And she actually she said, and, and this is what I'm looking to do. Yeah. And that was her purpose. Huh. Right. And now, so they never referred to that again. If you said, is your mission complete? She didn't say, yeah, yeah, I've got all that stuff about shared mythical framework. That's, that's <laughs> fine. I know, I know where we're going with that now. You know, that, that didn't. Yeah. Uh, no, she just said, yeah. Yeah. So I think, again, it was skirted over and it is unclear what the mission was. But I think that that's that's all that is what the mission was, I, th- I think. That makes a little bit more sense that, yeah. And not only that, they had to cover up the fact that she was a synth, otherwise she wouldn't have got anywhere near her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe not wholly satisfactory, but the beginnings. Yeah. The beginnings of of an answer, perhaps. So do you feel satisfied at the end, or do you feel, especially with the, Picard now being a different kind of being. Do you think they, they took an easy way out with that? Or I mean, nobody ever asked him if he wanted it. No, and yet they knew he didn't want to be immortal. They said, we have been listening. Yeah. When they sat around that table. I, I just don't want to be immortal. 
I don't yeah. want to be mortal just yet. Yeah. He, didn't, yeah. he didn't actually say that out loud. He never said, yeah. you know, now would be um, a good time. I think it was almost inevitable, wasn't it? Of course it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it was neither a surprise nor a disappointment. There was a sort of an inevitability to it, mm-hmm. um, which, which was a, a bit of a shame. You know, you were, you were, I think you were more uh, engaged with his death than his renaissance. In that yeah. Um, so cheated, not necessarily. Um, as I say, I think it was inevi- almost an inevitability. Um, but you're right. I think there were there are some gaps in this that either we haven't quite picked up on, or because they were subtly written in, or there were just gaps that they didn't yeah. have time to fill in. Yeah. And whether or not the second series does that, um, I don't know. I think they'll move on now. I hope they do. I hope they do. Chances are we may never see Narek again, which would probably be good. Well, I wouldn't mind if we never saw him again, because I don't think he brought that much to it. Seven will have to nip over and kickstart a spin-off series. Fenris Rangers, yeah. Yeah. Girati might have to go and face a court somewhere, but may return. Well, then there could be a court trial, couldn't there? And then she could be, she could come back and be ship's doctor or something. It'd be an interesting one if they replayed the trial of, um, <laughs> of data, but with Picard in that position. Yeah. Um, oh. Interesting. So the their possibilities are endless now for season two. Yeah. Well, not, not, not infinite. No. Because, you know, that wouldn't make sense of life. No. <laughs> But there but, are plenty of places for them to go. There are. There is a whole galaxy out there. There is. That, that away. That away. <laughs> yeah. So um, shall we reconvene whenever season two appears? And, I think uh, so. It could be a while, but, but I'll be in this comfy chair now that I've found it. Yeah, too little too late, I think. Yeah. But there we go. Brilliant. And we might even catch up on some other things in the meantime. Who we knows? Might. Who we knows? Might. We've got discovery coming up. We might have oh, an yeah. occasional chat about that. Yes, we may indeed. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to that. Very good. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on board the Kobayashi Marie <laughs> <laughs> into the neutral zone. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been good fun. Thank you very much. If that's to me, uh, a pleasure. Always a pleasure, never a chore, as they say. (laughs) So we'll wind up now because I think I can hear tea rattling on the table. So it's time to eat. Um, So thank you, everybody, for listening, uh, for being with us throughout the last 10 weeks. Um, You'll find us on Twitter at KobayashiMarie underscore. Also over at themoviehour.com. And, um, you know, keep in touch with us. We'll be back in your feed um whenever is appropriate and uh we'll see you when we see you uh final reminder brendan if you can't win change the conditions of the test this has been kobayashi marie and we'll see you next time bye-bye goodbye